0: Hello Detroit, hello Pistons fans, this is the Sports Ethos Pistons Podcast. I'm your host Joey Gaderes with you a few times a week right here on SportsEthos.com and you can find me on Twitter at EthosPistons. On today's show, we are prepared for this all-star break. It cannot come soon enough. The Pistons are on a brutal 0-8 losing streak in the month of February. We're going to break down the losing streak player by player, talk about who's played well, what's disappointed us. Plus, we have to talk about the debut of Marvin Bagley in the game on Monday night against the Wizards. And we watched our Motor City crews last night take on the G League Ignite team, get a big victory. The crews are really rolling. And had the debut of the two two two-way contracts that I think Pistons fans like myself, who have are dying for shooting and for something to change and something good to happen, we've been waiting for the Pistons debuts of Chris Smith, Isaiah Livers. Um, Livers might have actually played like a minute or two for the Pistons, but for the most part, Livers has been completely absent this year without a lot of updates as to why he's not playing, um, how bad his injury could possibly be. But he was he was back, and he played 17 minutes last night, and it was really Chris Smith that stole the show. So we're going to talk about uh, the Motor City Cruise game. But first, listeners, please take a moment to follow at ethosfantasybk on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. All right. So the Pistons—they're 0 and 8 in the month of February. It's been hard to watch, truly. I this this All Star break. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I've sort of slowed down with my frequency of doing shows just because, you know, I'm applying for jobs right now, and watching these games doesn't really inspire a lot of thoughts or a lot of, uh, you know, show material. But, you know, you still have to talk about the bad times when they come. You can't shy away from that topic. The Pistons lose on Monday night, Valentine's Day, 103-94. to away at the Washington Wizards. Um, It was a nearly... Yeah, I mean, it was a full-strength Pistons team um, led by Sadiq Bey, who had 24 points, five rebounds, and five assists. He was really the only bright spot in this game. Um, We got decent performances out of Isaiah Stewart and Hamadou Diallo, but ultimately that's not what makes the difference. We need to make some shots, boys. Killian Hayes plays only 12 minutes, no points. Not in foul trouble, just 0-5 uh, shooting, and Dwayne Casey doesn't have a long leash for Killian Hayes. Kelly O'Linick, another zero-point performance. These guys are putting up very similar stat lines, very depressing stat lines. But it was the debut of Marvin Bagley. He had 10 points, 8 rebounds. We'll talk a little bit about how he played in a second, Um but yeah, I mean, to, to sort of uh, break from script and do this uh, a little off the cuff, brutal, brutal watch. <laughs> the Pistons, uh, you know, they can't hit a shot. They can't get a rebound. They can't generate momentum. They don't play defense. Um, It was one of the lower effort games I've watched in a long time from both sides. You know, the Wizards aren't much better, um, especially without... Porzingis without Beal, uh they don't have that star power either. Um Kyle Kuzma is their best player. So we don't have to talk about that game too much. I don't want to. I really don't. But I want to talk about the streak, the 0 and 8 losing streak in the month of February. It's featured the returns of Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olynyk playing in all 8 of these games. Cade Cunningham has of course only played in 3 of them part of what we were blaming the losing streak on the absence of Cade he's come back he's been a little rusty uh, a little bit of a minute's restriction initially working his way back to full speed so um, we're hoping that Cade will bust out again and sort of restore us to uh, a level of of normalcy but who has played well during the streak has anyone played well Sadiq Bey is the team leader in scoring average over this streak, 17.8 points per game, shooting seven uh sorry, thirty-seven percent from the field, but thirty-six percent from three and eighty-three percent from the line. In total, he's averaging seventeen point eight points, five point six rebounds, and notably four point four assists to go with three threes a game over these eight games. Obviously you look at that, the two the the overall field goal percentage being almost equal to his three point percentage kind of tells a story there. He's been chucking a lot of threes and they've been going in. He's been getting to the line a little bit and that's always good for Sadiq and making plays for his teammates, 4.4 assists. It's one of the biggest areas of growth for him this year. There were a lot of concerns, you know, that when Jeremy came back, he would so negatively impact Sadiq as as was perceived to have happened in the beginning of the season. Um, But it hasn't quite been exactly the same. Sadiq has continued to thrive. It could have something to do with Cade getting up to speed and obviously not being quite right yet. Um, And someone needs to step up and take shots. And it's really amazing that Sadiq is able to do that. And um, it's one of the reasons why he's made himself, his stature within this team has risen so much this season to where he is an indispensable player, if you ask me. And to survive the return of Jeremy and actually continue to play better than Jeremy, take more shots than Jeremy, score more than Jeremy, um, that's a really encouraging sign. Jeremy has been relatively effective uh, since his return. I know it doesn't really jump off the page. He hasn't had a big game. But averages of 15 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block with one and a half threes on 40% shooting, 31% from three and 80% from the line are all pretty decent play, you know, stat that's a pretty decent stat set. The issue is we have higher expectations of Jeremy, right? That he should not only contribute more than this, but do it on better efficiency and do it while not clogging up the offense. Um, I think we're asking a little too much of Jeremy in that case. And I would just say that, um, you know, he gets to the line more than anybody. He he blocks shots at a pretty good rate. He's he's not a good rebounder. We know that. Um, the one and a half threes are valuable. It doesn't matter that he is Jeremy Grant, that he has a name brand. It matters that he can do things at an NBA level, um, whereas half of our roster is arguably not at an NBA level. So in context, 15-3-2 with a block, one and a half threes... Is pretty good. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound very good, but it's it's pretty good for the context. Isaiah Stewart is really rolling at the moment, and I think that's that's you know what Pistons fans have been waiting for. We love beef stew, averaging ten points and eleven rebounds over these eight games, shooting fifty percent from the field, sixty nine percent from the line. Um, you know he doesn't get to the line that much, but I that's sort of encouraging. Honestly, um, it's not. It's not a a terrible free throw percentage, and we know he works on that part of his game. Um, It's just good to have someone, you know, rebound the ball. The Pistons appear to only shoot threes and only otherwise try and score around the rim. So it's good that Isaiah Stewart is scoring around the rim at 50% um, and, you know, actually providing us that element of of our offense, even if those three-pointers never fall, and so it doesn't totally work as a strategy. Um, But another guy that benefits in similar ways is Hamadou Diallo, and he's played pretty well over the losing streak as well. 14 points, 6.8 rebounds, 1 assist with 1.3 steals. On Again, 50% shooting from the field, but only 18% from three and 65% from the line. So Hamadou actually shooting from the line worse than Isaiah Stewart. We know he's a really bad three-point shooter, 18%. But again, the Pistons do get buckets at the rim from guys named Stuart and Diallo. Um, it's, it's consistent, it's reliable, and we're looking for any sort of consistency and reliability. On the topic of what has disappointed us, I want to get this one out of the way because um, it's not something we need to delve into too much. But Kelly Olenek has been really bad since returning from the MCL and then from covid maybe he's still dealing with something um but i mean it's not even worth really telling you his averages but i will 4.6 points 3.8 rebounds and 3 assists shooting 27% and 15% from 3 um he's been in pretty much every way a huge downgrade from Trey Lyles which is really funny um because everyone was was you know dogging on uh Trey Lyles but Trey Lyle shot the three better than this. Uh, Trey Lyle scored more effectively than this. You know, Kelly looks to pass more, looks to facilitate more, and that's why he's averaging those three assists. But the pairing of Kelly and Killian in the second unit has been really, really bad. You know, obviously in part because Kelly can't hit a shot, but it, there's something up with that sort of shared responsibility to facilitate um, that I think is is not quite vibing with Killian. But Killian has admittedly been a disappointment as well over the streak um we're in the heart of quote-unquote bench killing, um the bench killing experiment which is arguably not producing any results other than uh you know diminished minutes and diminished production six points 2.4 rebounds five assists with half a steal and half a block that's what he's averaging over these um Eight games also only 20 minutes per game so I think it's it's a little bit ludicrous to say that uh, it's benefiting him to play off the bench he did have an 11.12 assist game the other night um, which sort of boosts some of these averages a little bit um, but you know I, I continue to point to the bright spots being his fourth quarter production um, rather than his bench production right because we run a 10-man rotation. We are constantly mixing and matching, um, you know, starters with second unit. So it's not such a cut and dry case that Killian loves playing with the second unit. You know, I think he actually thrives more so in the fourth quarter, playing with starters, playing with reliable guys who can knock down shots. In fourth quarters alone, Killian averaging 3.7 points, 1.3 rebounds, and two assists shooting 66% on two and a half attempts per game. Those stats are fourth quarter stats during the 0-8 stretch. So you see that and you say, well, okay, it's an effective scorer who is facilitating getting a rebound. If you can stretch that across four quarters, you have a very productive stat line. But again, only 20 minutes per game over the stretch, only 12 minutes against the Wizards, didn't even foul out, Um, just doesn't have the confidence right now. He's not getting it from Dwayne Casey. I do think it ultimately reflects on Dwayne Casey. We have to sort of talk about that at some point, the development of Killian Hayes not being totally Killian's fault. But um, I'm not here to make excuses for the young man. He does need to, uh, to be better and to stay more engaged, more focused, score the ball a little bit. Cade has been bad since returning, which is obviously disappointing. 10 points, 4.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists, with 1.7 steals, averaged over those last three games that he's been back. Shooting 35% from the field and 16% from three. Um, you know we've seen this Cade before. This is beginning of the season Cade. This is rusty Cade. Um, he's just not making shots. The three pointers um, don't always look very well considered. Sometimes just chucking them. And you know he's starting to sort of wane in the Rookie of the Year conversation if he doesn't kick back into high gear soon. Um, looking around the league, Mobley continues to dominate. Josh Giddy, I think, is uh, under underrated as a, a candidate here, as well as Franz Wagner. Cade um, is definitely still in the conversation, but he's going to have to turn it around. So it was also the debut of Marvin Bagley. And... Um, he looked okay he looked okay uh it, it i think it's going to be a worthwhile experiment to see what he can do um he sort of provided essentially the trey lyle's role in a bigger body um and in 20 minutes on monday at night marvin bagley had 10 points and eight rebounds um like I'm sort of alluding to, he's big body Trey Lyles. He needs to kind of show us more. I think uh, obviously it's his first game, and 10 and 8 in 20 minutes is pretty good. The Pistons need rebounders. Um, he certainly grabbed a few of those. A few of them I would call Andre bounds, Andre bounds, which is to say you get your own miss, um, a classic Andre Drummond. Um, but you know he showed some back to the basket game. He caught a tough sort of high pass from Killian, turned around and finished at the rim. Um, You know, he's certainly bigger than Trey, certainly has probably more of an above-the-rim game than than we've seen in that first game. But he got to the line for six free throws, went two of six. That cannot happen. That's not very good. Worse than Trey again. And I didn't think he really made much of an impact on defense. Um, You know, he, he doesn't necessarily play a big man's game or have the best positioning or, you know, no one did, like I said, this was a really low effort defensive uh, performance from both teams. Um, But you would think Bagley would want to like impress us. And uh, so far I, I would say, you know, he doesn't look better than Isaiah Stewart. He's probably better than Trey Lyles simply because he's bigger and he might get more buckets just by virtue of that by incident, but he needs to hit the free throws. He didn't attempt a three in this game. I do think at some point he should you know, attempt a three. Um, I know it's not his game. I know the Kings fans said coming over that you know, he, the Kings would kind of park him in the corner, and that didn't work for him. I don't want that, but I do think that you got to at least show the threat, at least attempt a three-pointer. So we'll see if he can give us something different tonight against the Celtics. So hey, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at ThriveFantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports ETHOS DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Before I go to the cruise and sort of wrap up the show, I just want to say on on the note of this losing streak. um, The Pistons, I I saw something on Twitter the other day. The Pistons are on, on pace currently to be by net rating, which is some advanced stat that uh you know combines defensive and offensive ratings um which are determined some kind of way, but people really use this stat. Um the Pistons by net rating are one of the 20 worst teams of all time. Um this this is not shocking if you've watched the Pistons this year and especially if you've watched this 8 game losing streak that I'm talking about today. Um I sh- maybe should have started the show with this, but uh, we got things to do. I'm just moving through it. Um, it is not worth being the worst team in basketball. Let me say that. I just want to put that out there. Um, you know, we we know that. And actually, on this list of the 20 worst teams, we're still better than last year's Thunders, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder team, which, as we know, did not win the draft lottery, did not end up with the number one pick. In fact, I think they slid to uh, number four. Or no, number six. Yeah. Is that right? They slid. The point is, they didn't get the number one pick. And um, it is not a positive thing to be this bad. Um, You know, I, I know that it's really, really hard to place blame because on the one hand, the roster is horrible. The roster is not constructed to win. There are certain limitations on the roster in terms of dead cap space, but at the same time, you're really left questioning whether like half of these guys should even see the court. So in that context, it makes some sense that you might play, you know, the the veterans that you have, the the Rodney Magruders, the Corey Josephs. But on the other hand, what is there to lose? We are the worst team in the league by far this year and one of the worst teams in history why are we still playing Corey Joseph the number of minutes that we are he played like 38 minutes on Monday Killian played 12 minutes I don't understand what the point is of losing by 12 where you never really threatened to win you never really threatened to close the gap but you didn't get blown out it's like that's that's what Corey Joseph gets you, with very little upside. Like there's very little chance that he's going to go off, and that you know would be so much more valuable than Killian. I I really just think, if if Killian played the minutes that Corey Joseph plays, albeit Killian has to stay out of foul trouble to do that. But if it were back in his hands, if we put, if we put the ball back in his hands in part of the starting lineup. It couldn't go any worse than it is going right now. Um, I just think it's worth our young guys developing chemistry together, at least trying to. It's worth force-feeding minutes to young players rather than literally force-feeding Corey Joseph 40 minutes in in, in this game on Monday. Um, I don't know who it reflects more, more poorly on between the players the general management and the coach um you know i i thought doing casey uh not not doing casey i thought troy weaver did a fine job on deadline day we don't know what was offered for jeremy so that makes it difficult now there's a very good chance that if i saw what was offered what was really on the table that i would have said oh you should have done that but some of these rumors that were flying around were too good to be true i think um who knows who knows but then at the same time, Dwayne Casey is not doing us any favors either. These guys are not playing with intensity. They're not playing defense. The offense is abysmal. We're like force-feeding three-point shots that none of our players are good at hitting. Um, we don't move. We don't pass. I don't know what to say about it. I, I just think uh, you, you got to play the young guys. There's no point in being the worst team ever starting Corey Joseph. There's no point. So that's a good transition to the topic that I want to close the show on, which is the Motor City Crews. Speaking of young players, speaking of, um, you know, if there's any bright spot, if there's any good basketball being played in Detroit right now, it's taking house uh, taking place at the Wayne State Fieldhouse. The Crews are 12-4 and four on the season. They are one of the two or three best teams in the G League. They're second place in the Eastern Conference behind the 905, the Raptors G League affiliate. And, um, you know, I I tuned into last night's game for the same reason that there were quite a few people in attendance, which is the crews were taking on G League Ignite. Um, This is, of course, the sort of like prep uh, team that plays in the G League. What I mean by that is they're comprised of um, post-high school, um, pre-college, pre-draft players so um, i said that poorly nba draft prospects who didn't want to go to college wanted to go pro straight away they get to play on this team in the g league and kind of tour around and play these one-off games against everybody Um, i think there might be some sort of tournament at the end where g league ignite plays the the champion or something Um, which is kind of funny because g league ignite is not the best team Um, and i think that showed last night again they're (laughs) sort of similar to pistons games there was not a lot of defense in this one, but what there was, which was very unusual for a Pistons affiliate, um, what 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 was like a great shooting display and a bunch of three pointers. Um, so who played well? Well, our guy Sabin Lee had 17 points, eight rebounds, and 15 uh, assists with a steal and three threes. Luca Garza had 24 points, seven rebounds, two assists with four threes. And in total, the crews were 21 of 44 from three-point land. Uh, like I said, in stark contrast to the Pistons, who are a historically bad three-point shooting team. So, you know, uh, I'm watching this game, and, and I'm excited to see um, the Ignite. I'm excited to see, you know, our guys Sabin and Luca. And I know that Chris Smith has been playing for Ignite for a little bit now. And I was just as excited, if not more excited, to see Isaiah Livers on the court. Um, So these are sort of the four players, I think, that are sort of in the universe um, of getting back onto the Pistons roster. Cassius Stanley was in attendance, but he must be injured. He was in street clothes. He would be the fifth one. But Chris Smith, a really intriguing prospect. I want to talk about these two two two-way contracts, Chris Smith and Isaiah Livers. Um, They're both really interesting and um, similar body types, similar... Uh, playing styles as well, um, and both would fit in really well on the Pistons if they were on their Pistons right now. Um, we'll see how long that might take. I'm already saying call up Chris Smith. I think he looks just about ready. Right? I mean, he'll make mistakes, but um, he was doing it all for the uh, the Crews last night, bringing the ball up the floor at six foot nine with long arms. Um, You know, he got his pocket picked a couple times, maybe shouldn't be doing that, but it was nice to see the initiative as well as he has some passing chops. That was a really, probably the skill I least expected to see. Um, Nice kick ahead to Garza for a run out. He had a couple sort of like one-handed sling passes. Um, Just seemed to make the right pass. And, you know, the Cruz are a really good passing team. Obviously, I said Sabin Lee had 15 assists. That's crazy. He's great. He he's he's a great G League player. He had a really big poster dunk as well on Michael Foster, who I think is considered you know a, a, an NBA prospect, and he's a big body, big center. Um, but obviously, you know, shot making ability, being long and athletic, the smooth stroke, finishing at the rim um, against admittedly bad defense. Is enough for me to say we we got to give chris smith a shot 22 points 10 rebounds four assists with three threes in 34 minutes um that's it folks i mean that is just what the pistons are missing i don't know how far away he might be i was actually thinking i'm going to try and get some g league uh some motor city Cruise fans announcers perhaps on the show just to talk about these two um especially as they get going, get up to speed. Chris Smith, a little bit ahead of Isaiah Livers in that department. Livers, as I said, he played seventeen minutes last night and uh, I definitely didn't expect him to see him to see him on the court. He's been, you know, on the Pistons bench all year in street clothes. Um, he's played the like intermittent game, occasional game over multiple months. Like here and there he'll play ten minutes in a G League game. I think he even played like five minutes in a Pistons game. And it was just like, is he hurt or not? What, what's going on? Um, I think it was really just partly that he wasn't up to speed. If he had been playing, he would have been so rusty that it wouldn't have worked. And, you know, he still continues to look a little rusty. He still continues to play a very minimal version of his game. And I've watched a ton of Isaiah Livers as a Michigan fan. So I I know very good and well, he can do a lot more than shoot threes. And all he's really done so far is take threes. But in this game, he was good at, 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 shooting those threes, four of six from the field, all from three point land. Um, I turned on the TV to see him hit three threes in a row on consecutive shots, really fun, uh, got, you know, extended the lead obviously, um, and got the crowd excited. Overall, I think it'll take him a little longer to get up to speed. Um, he did make one nice like drive out of a shot fake and, and kicked it out for a nice assist, which again is something we know that Isaiah can do from his time at Michigan, where he was both a shot taker and a playmaker. Um, so yeah, probably maybe by the very end of the, of the piston season, we might see Isaiah livers on the court. I would expect maybe Chris Smith gets there sooner. But I would also say there's a decent chance that neither gets called up as much as I would want them to um, simply because the Pistons don't seem to be in any rush to build a functional roster or to take a chance on young guys. So, you know, if that changes, I'd be very excited and I'm certainly calling for it. I don't think there's any risk. As I said, we are the worst team in the league and one of the worst teams ever. So we might as well take a shot on these young guys and, um, But, you know, who am I? Who am I? I'm just a Pistons fan who had more fun watching the Motor City Cruise last night than I've had watching the Pistons in the month of February. Hey, quickly before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign-up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Alright, tonight the Pistons play the Boston Celtics, a team that just absolutely annihilated the 76ers last night um, and beat us as part of our 0-8 losing streak. Um, not looking forward to it, but uh, we'll probably throw it on. But then it's the All-Star break. I'm really excited, as I've alluded to on previous shows, Cade is in the Skills Challenge. He's in uh, the Rising Stars Challenge, as is Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. And ever since that happened, you know, Isaiah's really coming to coming into form. So, um, it'll be fun to see them play. And who knows if it's entertaining enough, I might do a show, but, um, I think I'll also sort of take it easy this week and, uh, come back from the break refreshed. So until next time, see you later.